You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games. As long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everybody, it's Luke Hector here talking to you on another podcast episode, I think 67, although I've kind of lost track of everything at the moment because I'm in a bit of a runaround situation trying to get stuff done basically, so thanks for listening and hope that you're enjoying the content and having a decent weekend, it's been pretty good for me I must admit, Uh, I decided to go, well I had to go back to Somerset in order to play a game of hegemony with Paul Grogan on his channel, so we've just done a, we literally yesterday, four of us, with Paul Grogan on his Gaming Rules channel, did a four-player hegemony game for his livestream channel, so I definitely urge people to go and watch that if you are interested in that game and you want to know how to play it, because it is basically a full tutorial with the playthrough, so it's kind of like a combined Uh, thing together. In fact, let me get it on the screen for those watching on video. So there you go. Hegemony tutorial and playthrough streamed yesterday. Gaming rules. It's a long video because obviously it's a long game, but we go, he goes through a full teach of like a sort of overview teach of the rules and then goes over, you know, some basics and then we get into the game and we explain things as we go. So by all means, if you are interested in this game, check out his content because I think it's going to be your go-to thing of how to, you know, how to sort of learn the game from a proper playthrough perspective. Uh, but of course, uh, Peaky Board Game has also done some uh, content on it as well. So by all means, you know, you can check out his content and get some notes on there. But I'm doing a full review this week. Uh, but I do need to get it done rather quickly, shall we say, because at the moment, I need to prepare for a cruise. I'm going to be taking a break from the blog, for, from YouTube, for a week, from this Friday to the following Friday. If I can get more content to release during the time I'm away, then fine, but there's no guarantee of that. I am taking a break, because I just need a break, frankly. You know, not, not because of YouTube and stress or anything, but it's just like, you know what, you have to take a break from work and everything, and this is my time off work. You know, it's a cruise going to around Northern Europe, and, you know, a couple of mates are going around, and I thought, you know what, can we tag along? So two of them, two of us are tagging along with two others, so it's four of us, just to do a little bit of Northern Europe. You know, nothing too crazy or anything like that, just Northern Europe. Now, I don't know off the top of my head when I'm in certain areas, but one thing I will say is that one of those days I'm going to be in Rotterdam. I will try and find out before, and I'll put it, I'll put it in the description on the YouTube channel or something like that, but... Uh, I don't know. Actually, let me have a look. I'm going to have a big look. Basically, the cruise is going around Rotterdam, uh, Hamburg, uh, La Havre, and Bruges. And I've got some various, you know, I've got various uh, activities booked for those. But what I am kind of interested to know more, well, sort of interested to do, is I need to go around Rotterdam. And I've already been to Rotterdam. You know, I went round there when I was en route to Essen one year. I took the Hook of Holland route from the UK and drove over. And I've already explored Rotterdam, so I got nothing else to do tour-wise there. But what my intention is, is that I want to basically not only go to that food market that's in the middle of Rotterdam, which was great, because that was just like, mmm, yummy, yummy, yummy. But also, I want to check out board game stuff there, because why not? If I'm going to get off the ship, I might as well do something while I'm in Rotterdam. And let's see, okay, so... Looking at my excursions here. So this is my crew. So I leave on Friday, um, leaving from Southampton, and then we're at sea. Then we go to Hamburg. Then we're at sea again. Then we're in Bruges. So it looks like Rotterdam is actually the latter part of the cruise. So yeah, day 6, 15th of March, and we're in Rotterdam. We arrive at 7 in the morning and depart at 5 in the evening. That doesn't give us a lot of time. We depart from others a lot lot later, but 5 seems a little bit early, but oh well, (laughs) I've got to go with what the cruise says. But yeah, 15th of March, I'm going into Rotterdam. 
and I've heard there's a place called Tabletop Kingdom or something like that. It's in The Hague. I think that's how you pronounce it. So I'm just going to scout around and just see what board game related stuff is there. So if anybody lives in Rotterdam and watches the show and just feels like playing some board games for a few hours, you know, before I got to go back to the cruise ship, then maybe I'll be there. I mean, I can't 100% guarantee it, but I should be, you know, because that's my intention is to go around and find some board game related stuff. And so... Yeah, if Tabletop Kingdom's a good place to hang out, let's just play some games. It'd be quite cool. But that's basically my for that next week. So I'm not going to be active for that week because I don't know how much internet I'll have, even while roaming. And I've got to take some breaks from YouTube and the blog and stuff. So that's the intention. Uh, so that should be good, but it means I've got to get stuff out done this week and iron loose ends. So the main thing is that I need to get the hegemony review done. So I'm intending to review that today or tomorrow and get that edited and uploaded in time before I go on the cruise. So that should be good because I think it's starting to fulfill for backers now. I've also got the Star Wars deck building game. Uh, that one I have played yesterday. I played it with Paul and given it the beans and, uh, you know, with a couple more plays today, I should have plenty to know to review that as a quick draw review because there's not a lot to talk about with it really and I don't want to spoil it here, but that will only need a quick draw review and that's kind of probably it for now, although I might also try to do a Kickstarter video. Uh, there are some good Kickstarters uh, around at the moment, or some that are worth talking about. So I might try and do a Kickstarter uh, for March before I go as well. So if I can get those three things done, I'll be happy. Now, that does mean a couple of videos will have to be delayed. Firstly, the Living Forest expansion. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I will do a Beyond the Base game video for this. Uh, just a nice short quick one to explain how good it is, but I need to actually play it, and that's not likely to happen this week. Um, maybe Wednesday, but I wouldn't have time to do a review. Uh, I've also grabbed a Marvel United edition, uh, the X-Men uh, base set. I'm not necessarily planning to do mass content for it, but on the podcast I will talk about whether adding more content to Marvel United has improved my opinion of it. But the other main thing is... Uh, what was the other thing I was going to do? Oh, I can't remember. Hegemony, Star Wars, Living Forest. Oh yes, the top 10 advanced two-player games list. Now, thank you everybody who has been checking out those top 10s. The advanced one is still around. I mean, I've got the edit I've got the list, so I know what my top 10 is, but I haven't had a chance to actually do the video. So that will come after the cruise. So expect that one to release in late March. Uh, but there's no way I'm going to be able to do it with everything else I need to do deadline-wise this week. So you've got two other top 10s to look at anyway. So, you know, the, the casual and the next step, and they're doing pretty well. So thanks for those. Uh, quite impressed to see the views have picked up for a few other older videos. Like I've noticed Hamlet's doing pretty well, and the Skyrim's picked up a bit. But thanks to everybody who has given me kind words about the Obsession review. Man, that was a doozy. That took me a long time to edit because I put a lot of effort into those clips, a lot of effort into what was being said because I wanted to give the game a fair shout. You know, whether I liked it or not, I'm not going to spoil anything. But, uh, you know, that one has been pretty popular. It's had the views nice and quick. You know, one of the better review trends for a review video I've done. And I've seen some very nice comments from people, including the designer, from having done it. So, yeah, that was a good wordy review to do. And like I say, everybody wanted me to review Obsession. So finally it's done. You might want to go check that out. And by all means, leave some comments behind. Now, some of you are probably wondering why this has appeared on my wrist. Nothing major, it's just that now that I go to the gym, I'm basically like doing more weights and obviously I've been going quite active since January, but my wrists have not strengthened to compensate. Now, I'm right-handed, so this wrist is already pretty strong. My left wrist, on the other hand, is more for steadiness and stability. That's kind of how my left side works and it's not built for strength. So I've been doing the various... Uh, weights but my left wrist isn't able to compensate for that and so it's strained a bit it's not sprained it's not broke or anything or fractured or none of that I've just strained it a bit so it just gets a bit sore you know the tendons are just a little bit sore now and again I've been to a physio they reckon that I just need to strengthen the wrist and just take it easy now and again so I am still doing exercises and still doing weightlifting but I'm also doing specific weightlifting for the wrist on its own so that I can strengthen that wrist. I've got hand grippers, I'm doing stretches, you know, I'm just doing, doing what I can to get this strengthened up so that it can cope with the weightlifting and that. But one thing that just helps to do that is just to wear a brace every now and again, just to keep the wrist steady, you know, it just helps speed up the healing process. So that's why I've got this. It's nothing major, major, major. So, okay, yeah, I've mentioned, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, work's still good. 
cruising cruising the week's time and I've been playing some games uh, convention wise I hope to go to Baycon um, in April I was in two minds about going but I think I am going to go to Baycon now um, it's just accommodation costs a lot at Baycon I think it's extortionate but I'm going to find some cheaper accommodation a little bit further afield and then drive in and that should be fine so yeah I should be around for most of Bacon if not all of it but Thursday to Sunday that kind of thing so yeah I'm looking forward to it and I'll play some games with people there you know maybe some people have already grabbed their copies of Hegemony or perhaps some people want to play Obsession and that so yeah, it should be pretty good that's the plan so I want to keep this uh, episode a little bit shorter though because I do have a bit of a slight headache from this morning. I'm not sure why. I put it down to dehydration. So and because I got to get on with other things today, I'm not going to try and take too long with this episode. Despite the fact that I'm sure I'll eat my words later. But first of all, let's talk about a game I've played that people have wanted to know more about because I'm not doing a formal video on this. But people want to know about this little game called Takedo Duo. Yes, the two-player version treatment has come for Takedo now. Because let's face it, it seems to be the the crux of everything now. It's all it's basically a case of oh, it's a Seven Wonders Duel and then Splendor Duel and now Takedo Duo. I'm glad it wasn't Takedo Duel because that doesn't sound like it. But this is the two-player spin-off of Takedo. I have played it and I certainly got some thoughts. Uh, basically, it's a pretty small table footprint, and it certainly retains the artwork and the feel of the original Dekaido, but it does play a little bit differently. It's not a case of, oh, who's at the back gets to go next. Basically, what happens is that you have three characters, a pilgrim, an artist, and a merchant, and they move in different ways around this map board. Some are in the sections, some are on the line, some are on the track around the outside. You roll three dice, and it has their movement, and then you draft them in turn order. So one round, somebody's going to get two dice, the other person will get one, and then it will flip, and then it's a case of deciding, right, well, what do I want to move, but what do I also want to deny my opponent to move? And... It's a very simple point scoring system. I mean, the Pilgrim basically walks around the outside and gets bonuses to level up scoring. The Merchant collects these goods and then tries to sell them at towns to get the most money. And the more money they get, the more points it's worth. But then the artist is going around painting pictures of which they have to paint the pictures and then gift them to other uh, gift them out effectively, like sell them off, and that scores them points as well. The idea is, is that the game continues until somebody has fulfilled the m maximum requirement on one of the three things. So you can choose whether you're going to diversify or focus on one, although typically you will focus on one in some respects. But that's kind of it. I mean, you can pick up a couple of little tokens on the Pilgrim Trail to give you special bonuses or allow you to do an action twice in a turn. But... It's just a neat little friendly game. I mean, it looks beautiful. It's got that same Takedo artwork and feel, a Japanese feel. So it certainly does bear that same calm Zen feeling. And I, you know, yeah, it's interesting decisions decide on the dice, but it's not like I felt stressed or anything like that. Now, some people might argue that there's not really much in the way of decision space, but there is some decision space in here. I mean, you've got to decide on the dice and there is a an element that you can hate draft to some extent like I probably want to take that die but then if I leave you this you're going to get a buckle load of points so maybe I should take that one which will still be half decent but I'm denying you that and giving you a rubbish die you know there's those sort of things are cool and they work out for me uh the some people claim that one of the characters is maybe a little bit more powerful than the other other two I haven't seen that honestly I think they both they all work in a similar balance it's just the pilgrims not as interesting as others because they basically just level up tracks whereas the others are actually doing different things but then the pilgrim gets you those bonuses and you know double action tokens every now and again so you've got to sort of use each one and the artist gets more paintings depending on if it can move to a segment where it's surrounded by other character pieces so you've still got to do a little bit of planning with how it works but it's just a nice little game. I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's not bringing anything overly new. But I am quite impressed that this tiny little board has the ability to have f six characters effectively move around on this little board without feeling clogged up or busy or anything like that. And it's just a nice, simple layout. And it keeps the table footprint down. I really don't get why they've got these stupid little cardboard banners here to say which player is which. Because... I mean, you have tokens on your board that are colored. You have your pieces that are colored. Why do I need this titty little bit of flimsy cardboard to remind you I'm a player of color that you already know I am? It's, it's 
weird, but I'm just nitpicking at that point. It's just an odd production thing they shoved in. But yeah, comes in a small box. It's neat. I'd probably give it a 7 out of 10. It's nothing amazing. It's this isn't kind of at the height of Splendor Duel and Seven Wonders Duel. Those have those have got more mechanics, a bit more meat, and a bit more interesting stuff in them. But Takedo Duel is still decent. I mean, seven, maybe an eight. I mean, uh, maybe not necessarily eight. I mean, would I play this over Takedo two player? Probably yes. I think Takedo is better with more players. And to be fair, most of the other games have got a similar thing where whether you like them or not with two players, you'll probably play the spin-off better because it's designed for two. But this one it is still just a nice little game. I don't think you need to rush out and grab it. But if you like Takedo and you want a two-player specific version to play with your other half, then this is still a decent one to get. I don't think there's anything necessarily bad about it. It's just not going to blow your brains out. It does the job, and it does the job very nicely. It creates a calm, almost zen-like two-player experience with some decision-making, but not a ton of meat and not a ton of, you know, stress or anything, because, well, it is Takedo, but it's well-produced, it's not too expensive, and it has a small table footprint for what you get. So, you know, I'm cool with it, and I, I can certainly recommend it. Just don't think it's like the best thing since sliced bread. It's just nice. It's a nice little game. Right. Let's talk about a couple of news. Uh, not nothing too major, but some people might remember a game called Ethnos. Now, Ethnos was an area control game that was fine. I sold it eventually, and I do think it's a bit luck-driven with the card system. You basically draw cards in order to play them in area control spots on the board, and that's kind of most of it, but the different factions, the different, like, fantasy factions have different abilities on how they work, so you get a nice amount of replay in the box and some cool combinations. Problem is, the game looked like garbage. I mean, you know, the best thing in it is probably the artwork and the cards, and even then it's not great, but ooh, I don't know what that version was. There's some weird versions on BGG here, but yeah, this is what the game looks like. That map, the components, and even the artwork's not particularly great, but yeah, the board and that looks like garbage. This is an ugly ugly game visually and I mean that was a put off as well because not only am I playing a game that's fairly lucky it's especially when you put five or six players in there but I'm also just not that interested in the abstracted look of this game well apparently it's getting a reprint by Space Cowboys now of all things it's called Archaos Society and it's basically going to have a kind of Indiana Jones explorer theme whatever I mean the theme wasn't really that big a deal with this game who cared whether it was a uh, you know <laughs> like fantasy monsters or archaic society but it does mean that by space cowboys it means it could be a big looker now we have no pictures for this i'm afraid so there's nothing really to look at but the cover already looks a hundred times better than what the other one does in terms of artwork especially when you look at the individual segments on the cover where it's got the different explorations and that artwork looks really good uh this artist hasn't done a lot though uh who was it john paul cambridge or something John Mack Cambridge, yeah, he's done a few things, but not a lot, but his artwork's decent, and let's face it, you can't exactly make Ethnos look worse, so will the rulebook be good, will the translation issues be there, possibly, because this is Space Cowboys, and they have a history of this, but at the end of the day, it's nice to bring it back, because I don't think you can get it very easily, and I'm down for seeing a nicer looking version of this game because the card system was fine it was simple to teach and I did like the variety in the game it just really needed to have an aesthetical improvement and now we're going to get it and if it does have that aesthetics improvement and maybe if they tweak some of the systems in it you know because it'd be interesting to know whether they address the luck factor in this in any way but yeah we'll see how it goes I'm curious about this one but I'm not gonna you know leave out of my chair to grab it I'd just be interested to try out assuming they change any of the rules if they change no rules at all I'll probably pass because I already burnt out on the original Ethnos you know it didn't take too long all right Nemesis Retaliation the second bit of news and the last bit of news as well Nemesis Retaliation is another sequel from the Nemesis series from Awaken Realm so Nemesis is a game that I have a a love-hate relationship for. I have all the content for Nemesis downstairs, but I don't get it to the table much. And I've tried the solo mode in lockdown and various other bits, and it's fine, but I don't know, it just feels too much like a, a sort of weak source stealth game, and you have to spend ages setting it up, ages playing the game, and I don't feel you get a lot of reward from the solo mode. 
So maybe that will be improved with later things down the line or an app or something like that, but it's early days yet. I'm not aware of any of that stuff's finished yet. Playing it multiplayer, again, is love-hate. You can have games that tell a fantastic story, wonderfully thematic, and you're laughing your heads off and it's good and you're involved. But the game's going to take forever to finish. Or you could have a situation where the game falls flat, events happen that just don't work, or somebody gets killed off literally within the first two rounds and suddenly is eliminated from the game. That has happened before and it sucks to be that player. So Nemesis is just kind of a... It's an above-average game. I love its look. I love its theme. It is Alien the board game. And I like a lot of stuff about it with the variety. But it is a fragile, flawed game. And I do think it's overrated. I do think that there's no reason it should be as high as it is in the, you know, the Nemesis line. I mean, uh, have I got Nemesis on here? What is Nemesis at the moment on Board Game Geek? Nemesis is 18. The 18th best game on board game geek is a game that can break down in fragile nature with but a little bit of a gust of wind no this one you know ranked by twenty-five thousand people i mean this is another example where i mean i've already ranted enough about board game geek and how the ranking system is broken and let's face it brass gloomhaven do you really need to know more about that sort of controversy at the moment and know that the ranking system is broken as all get out but 18th best game for Nemesis? No, I'm sorry. You can have some great games of Nemesis, but you can have some terrible games of Nemesis. You know, and any game that has the potential to knock you out of the game in the first round or two, in a game that can last up to three hours easily, is not something that I would consider to be a top 20 wordy game. As fun as it can be, I have all the content, I'll play it every now and again, although I am curious as to whether I should keep that content, or maybe sell it off to make some space on my shelf, because... If I'm going to play Nemesis, it's usually someone else's copy, so why do I need it? But I've got the folded space insert and everything, so I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to hang on to it to see if stuff comes out to improve the solo mode, maybe, but we'll have to see. Anyway, I'm digressing here. Nemesis Retaliation is the new one coming out next year, and it's basically a third installment, but it's not necessarily, as far as I can tell, compatible with the other one. This is going to be standalone, but it's in that same vein. But this one basically mentions that you are, you know, here we go, promises to bring something very different to the tested Nemesis engine. This time, players take on the roles of highly trained Marines entering the alien nest in strict orders and the most advanced tools available, but will they be prepared enough to face the unrelenting horde? The tension is higher than ever, blah, 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 and the possibility of betrayal. So it does have the I'm working for the company thing. So this one is basically... If Nemesis is Adian, the board game, this is meant to be, by the sound of it, Adian's, the board game. That interests me a lot more, because Adian's is a fantastic movie. I love it. You know, all its all its warts and all, I love Adian's. It's a brilliant movie. Um, Adian is still probably my favourite horror film. I think it's the one film that I think gets the horror, the gore level, you know, without being too gross... You know, but also gets the atmosphere and the claustrophobia. It's like, Agent's just a brilliant horror film. So, yes, Nemesis did a great job of recreating that. If Nemesis Retaliation can cre recreate the Aliens movie, then this could be something I could really enjoy, because I would love to get a proper Aliens-style game. And yes, I know Gale Force 9 has done it, but um, I've got to assemble my own tiny little spindly little miniatures. Hell no. Get out of town. No, uh, I'm no interest in that Gale Force one. And I've heard it's not even that great a game anyway. But this one from Awaken Realms, whew, this could be good. But 90 to 180 minutes, it's Awaken Realms. This is going to be a costly game. It's going to have a lot of miniatures. It's going to be bulky. It's going to be a long teach. It's going to be a lot set up. It's going to be a long game. It could have player elimination again, maybe. Um... I'm concerned that this will re repeat a lot of the flaws that the original Nemesis game had. But we shall see. It's early days yet. This is just the, the fact that they've announced it. And I'm interested to know more. Like I say, I, I like the theme of Nemesis. It just needs a few tweaks to its gameplay mechanics. Well, Nemesis Retaliation could be just the thing I need. Right, okay. So, on to a very quick topic I would imagine uh, because my headaches getting a little bit worse but I just want to talk a little bit about theme theming games so a lot of people will you know 
debate till the end of time about whether they like theme in the board game and whether it means anything to them. And I know people online and on Facebook groups who don't give one iota about theme. Like, whatever. The theme could be immersive, it could be strong, it could be weak, I don't care. I want to play my Marrakesh, I want to play my, you know, my Splatter game, I want to play my, like, dull, well, no, not dull, but I want to play my beige Euro, I want to play my board and dice game, like Tile Tum and, you know, and stuff like that, you know, that have no theme whatsoever, and just enjoy mechanics. That is fine. You want to do that, that's fine. And there are some games I play, like Pulsar 2849 and a few bits like that, that are just pure mechanics with no theme attempt whatsoever. But there's a reason that I like theme in games, and I just want to kind of explain what how that sort of portrays itself because one little mini law that i've sometimes said is a good was it good mechanics will make me enjoy a game a good theme will bring me back for the second play and that happens with a lot of games there can be some games where i go oh the gameplay's fine it's it's decent it's neat but if I'm not drawn to it, if I'm not immersed enough in it, then when I have to choose do I want to play it again, I'm like, I'll play it if it's there, you know, but, you know, it was fine, but I'm not desperate. Marrakesh is a good example, actually, and I mean the new one from Queen Games. I've played it. It's okay. I like. I thought it was above average. I have some problems with some of the luck factor in it, but the, you know, how literally you could be screwed... <clears throat> sorry. How you could be screwed out of a round with no way of recovering, and I don't like that in a game that takes like two plus hours. But we'll see. But what I'm getting at is that that game is purely mechanical. There is nothing in Marrakesh that has got any note of any theme whatsoever, because it is basically just Trajan 1.5. That's all it is. It's Trajan. So, you know, this is purely mechanical, does the job fine it's probably one of the better failed games i've played and that's saying something considering i normally don't like failed games but i do have problems with this tower and the luck of how that goes but this is pure mechanics you play it you combo some bonuses and that's it there's nothing else to this that introduces any remote bit of theme and if you if you're trying to debate that this has any theme whatsoever you tell me how going up two separate staircases gives you bonuses based on whether these lines crisscross across other bit come on this is not got a theme whatsoever this is purely mini game the board game trajan 1.5 so i can play this and have a reasonable time but then I'm not drawn to get it out again. I might play it again, but then I'm like, let's just go through the motions and just deal with it. I like theme. Now, not to spoil too much about the upcoming review, let's take something like Hegemony, uh, the new one that I played with Paul Grogan, as I was saying earlier. So Hegemony is, you know, a theme that I, and this is kind of an illustrate a point, that it doesn't have to be a theme that I love necessarily. Um, in fact, another great example is Obsession, um, but we'll get onto that in a minute. Hegemony is not a theme that I tend to go about talking about outside of board games. I'm not like talking to my mates down the pub about whether the working class is getting screwed over or capitalist scum or whether the government's screwing us over and that. I'm not into politics. You know, the, I mean, the world's going to pot. Our country's already gone to pot and we've just got to ride the waves and deal with it. That's pretty much the only way I see it. But, you know, life sucks. Deal with it, move on and make the most of it. But the with this... You know, Paul Grogan actually said to me yesterday, and it's like, you know, you're enjoying... All right, spoiler alert, I do enjoy this game, warts and all, but the he was saying, like, this is a game I would expect you to hate because it's not necessarily a theme you like and you don't like long games and things like that. Granted, yes, long games, if I'm not engaged, do drive me up the wall. But this one, yes, it's a long game. It's a very, very long game, but it's thematically incredibly immersive this not even just from like the photographic artwork that's on some of these cards and how some of these uh you know how some of these things work together i just mean that this game and how it plays how the four classes interact everything in this game bar one or two minor abstracted points is just really well integrated from a theme perspective you know how the the bills are proposed how higher wages good for the working class not good for the capitalists they want to make profit uh, how the state is trying to keep everything in balance state benefits state-funded education and health care how the middle class has got its own little companies but also wants to 
meet the needs of its people, you know, how the working class can go on strike, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this game that thematically is sound. And even though it's not a theme I tend to go for per se, you know, in real life, I have a lot of fun with the theme in this. It creates banter, it creates conversation and lots of little jokes and that. You know, we're calling the working class peasants, we're calling capitalist scum. And my middle class people are, you know, talking about having, you know, making the finest avocado on toast. You know, there's basically, we're all just hamming it up like crazy. And that is born from the theme. Now, this could have been purely mechanics where there is no sense of theme whatsoever. And I would have, probably, my enjoyment of the game would have gone down as a result. A lot of games these days might, you know, they like Furnace and Brass and a bunch of these, like, Industrial Revolution games, they're not necessarily bringing out a sense of strong theme for me. And you've already picked a theme that I'm not interested in, but then you're not necessarily giving me much of the theme in the game, therefore, it doesn't draw me back in. But Hegemony does a brilliant job of immersing me, even though it's a long game. And Immersion helps with the length of a game. Because if you get me to play a four-hour game that's just purely mechanics, let's say Marrakesh was four hours and I played it, I'd be hating it. I'd be like, come on, when's this going to finish? I'm just doing the motions, rinse, repeat. But in this game, which can take four hours easily, I'm invested in what's going on. And some of that is down to player interaction. If it's a multiplayer solitaire game for a high length of time and there's no theme, that's even worse. But this one, all the characters, all the factions are interacting in a big way. The, you know, the capitalists, the working class, the middle class, they have their own agendas, but they have, you know, to rely on what the other players are doing. You know, the state opens up companies. That means more workers can go away from the capitalists. Capitalists don't like that. They want the workers to come to them. Well, now they're making goods. Well, are they going to sell it to the other classes? Or are they going to export it overseas? Middle class is a hybrid. Working class can put pressure on the capitalist to open more slots you know look i've got a bunch of unemployed open more stuff the state is watching all three of them and deciding what to do on that front it's there's a lot of really cool ways that this game brings out theme and even though it's a long game i'm invested in the story that is unfolding with the game you can't say that marrakesh or brass or like various other games like tell a story they don't tell any story you play the game and you see who's got the most victory points here you forget that there's a victory point thing in this game really you're too busy sort of looking at how everything is going to coincide now let's move away from hegemony because i don't want to go too much into it without sort of spoiling the review per se but obsession big example here Obsession. I did this review, and one of the things I talk about in the review is how strong the theme is. I can't stand Pride and Prejudice. I hate Pride and Prejudice. I have PTSD from English literature lessons about learning this wretched book and watching the six-hour BBC serial. Hate Pride and Prejudice. Don't like Downton Abbey. Don't like this setting, Victorians. I hate Victorians. That was all history you ever wanted to teach you was rotten Victorians. I am done learning about sodding Victorians. But you can play this game in two ways. You can either play it that you're a massive fan of the theme and you're really invested in it, or you do what I do, which is ham it up and treat it a bit like a parody, like the Red Dwarf segment that I use in the review as well. But you can just ham it up and just enjoy the fact that you're just like, oh, look at tea party and have a little gazebo and you know get these guests you know this one guest is not very popular it's like, oh great we gotta bring this guy in it's like Ugh. it's gonna do a reputation but you know a bit of money it all helps and you can just basically ham it up the theme in this is super strong it is brought out by the aesthetics it's brought out by the you know the the gameplay mechanics but it's just brought out by everything that you see brings out that theme and that makes me, you know, want to play this more. If it was just dry as a bone, I wouldn't care. It'd be even worse because I don't like the theme. But because the theme's great, works wonders. Now, uh, let's take another game that I really love. So, well, let's take some of my favorite games. So, let's have a look at Ark Nova. Now, Ark Nova, some people could under maybe question why I love this game so much because... In some respects, it's multiplayer solitaire. You know, people don't influence each other's boards. But there's still some interaction with the cards in the middle and so forth. But yeah, it's not the most interactive game in the world. It's a Euro game through and through. But I love animals. So animals as a theme is already interesting to me. And that certainly helps. But then hegemony is not necessarily an interesting topic for me. But I still like it. But animals is an interesting topic for me. So that's already a boost. That's already making me interested to play this game. You tell me it's a three-hour Euro, and I'd be like, 
does it justify three hours? Yeah, but you're building the zoo and putting animals in it. Hello? <laughs> you know, and then so I'll go, I'll come back in. And then as I play the game, yeah, you're getting symbols on cards and triggering off combos and abilities. But the theme is still strong. There's a lot of stuff about releasing animals into the wild and how that gives you like conservation points, but then you lose appeal because they're no longer in your zoo. The abilities of some of the animals make sense, like perception for the birds, sunbathing for the uh, reptiles, uh, sprinting for things like cheaters, and uh, the ability for herbivores to share paddocks and stuff. You know, that stuff is still thematic, even though it's mainly a card ability. But with this, yeah, it's a long game. It's fairly solitaire in how it works. I mean, I do tend to play it solo more than multiplayer. But the theme, I feel, is strong. And I'm invested in the mechanics, for sure. I love the action row, and I love what I'm doing with the cards. But it's animals. Animals are cool. I love animals. And so that, as a theme, makes me want to play it more, even if I am just playing cards. Now, it's not the most immersive, rich theme in the world as it's represented, but as I say, you pick a theme that I like, it's going to make me enjoy the game. And you might think that's slightly biased, but then let's face it, you're always guilty as I am of that if you're into theme. You know, there's going to be games that you've, you know, a Star Wars game. You hate Star Wars. Are you going to play any game that's got a Star Wars theme on it, even though you hate Star Wars? Maybe not, but you could be missing out on some really good games. But because it's Star Wars, you're not interested. If you might avoid Art Nova because you hate animals, you monster. But, you know, and that's fair enough. But, you know, you've got to accept that everybody's got their own bias as to what themes they like, and it's going to be a thing. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to Sentinels. Sentinels in the multiverse. I love superheroes. Superheroes are awesome. I like Marvel and DC. And so, naturally, Sentinels in the multiverse being about having a superhero team is just going to sing to me in every respect. So, 30 to 60 minutes. How does anybody ever believe that this game can be played in 30 to 60 minutes? But I digress. But the this game just works for me. I mean, everything in this game screams theme. The way the different heroes work, the villains, how you have nemeses, how they play so differently. One has guns and you have to reload them and then fire them off. One has super speed. One has, you know, the ability to take the hits and protect the team. One has got the Batgirl the kit. One is building little robots. And the villains work in a similar way. Like, you've got the cultist, the mad scientist, the alien invader, the robot AI. Everything in this game is screaming out a really cool theme, even though you're just playing cards. And so, if this was a... And, and to put it another way, Marvel Champions and Legendary. They're Marvel games. This isn't its, uh, this is its own IP. And so, the fact that I do play Marvel Champions, I love Marvel, therefore Marvel Champions works in that respect. Sentinels is just another universe of heroes. But if anything, that kind of works for me because I don't have to compare, you know, I don't have to say, oh, I'm playing this character from a TV show. Even though when I teach this game, I do say that this is basically Iron Man and this is basically uh, Captain America. But the fact that they all have their own little story just helps. And when you are playing Sentinels, you are unfilling a story, like how you're getting beaten to death at first and then the Mars-based self-destruct, uh, you know, gets triggered. But then you rise up you bring it back and then you start pummeling the villain a little bit more and it's you know it tells a good superhero story as it unfolds it's not reading a narrative it's just the events that are unfolding are fun and cool and interesting spirit island you know if you were asked me is this the first theme i would pick for something i would love I'm not sure i'd be that desperate about repelling you know old old whatever century invaders but then you throw in the fact that you've got these giant nature spirits and i'm like Okay, this sounds pretty cool, but maybe, I don't know. But then this game, again, for a game that is mostly a Euro puzzle, the theme in this game is still super strong. When you look at these spirits, they behave exactly like you would expect the spirit to do. You know, the nightmare spirit doesn't actually kill anyone, it just tries to scare them away. The river runs like a river with the way its tokens come on the board and how it pushes everything across the map. Oceans devours anything on the coastline but can't go inland. There's another one that's the opposite way round. But then the ocean spirit, going back to that one, uh, Ocean's Under Grasp or whatever, the tokens for its presence, they start on the coastline and then they go onto the map, in, onto the coast, but then they have to retract back into the ocean, i.e. how waves work. And all the time I see that sort of thing, it just really, it like, it increases the like the likeness of the game. You know, the fact that it took the effort to make these, like, different 
beasts and spirits feel like how they feel like. And boy, I like the way some of these people have pimped up their copies of Spirit Island. But, you know, and even then, at the end of the day, you're trying to decide on the best combos of cards. But the cards make sense thematically and all this. And it's just, you know, stuff like that helps and this is why sentinels and spirit island and stuff are some of my favorite games of all time because they can give me a cool experience on a gameplay mechanical perspective but then the theme draws me back in for more plays and as i play it more i like it more yeah they're not perfect games no game is but when you have a really strong theme you can forgive a lot of the problems that a game can have. Yes, Ark Nova can be quite long, particularly with four players. Yes, it's a relatively solitaire game compared to a lot of Euros. But because I love everything else about it so much and the theme is still strong, I can, you know, yes, I have to factor that in when I recommend it to people, but I can forgive it for my own personal plays. Sentinels in the multiverse, you know, you could get screwed over by card luck. It's a lot of stuff to keep track of. I get used to it. I can forgive it because I love the theme so much. And Spirit Island, again, can be very long, but probably don't want to play it with more than two players all the time. Very tricky to teach for new players, but man, do I love everything else about it so much that it makes me want to bring it back. So, I mean, what are some games that don't work on the, on the theme perspective? I mean, there's, it's hard to say. I mean, where there's not that many games where the theme is, shall we say, hmm, you know, goes against it, like the theme works against it, but there are some where the theme doesn't work as well as I would like. Uh, Distilled I played recently, actually, and maybe I should have talked about this on my... Uh, you know, games I play. But to cut a long story short, I've played Distilled. I think it's okay. I don't think it's particularly great. Um, but this one, and certainly do not play it with four or five players. It's completely pointless because it's pretty much multiplayer solitaire. But, well, let's factor that in, actually. Problems I have with Distilled. It's fundamentally multiplayer solitaire. It's got a luck mechanic, which is thematic, but I don't think the mechanic works. And it's just not really bringing anything new that you haven't seen in any of these other games. Now, I like alcohol. <laughs> I drink alcohol. So the theme of having a distillery, purchasing goods and making beers and that is great. I'm certainly down for that theme. And that's what drew me into this game. It's like, oh, okay, a theme about making beers and wines and gins and stuff. I'm in. Great. But... Then you get into the game, and yes, the theme is strong in some respects. I mean, the whole idea of this luck mechanic is that you, you get all your ingredients and alcohol and stuff, you shuffle it into a little mini deck, and then you take the top and bottom card and discard it because it's something to do with the distilling process. I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I know that's how it works in real life. They even explain it in the game. So good props for having a thematic aspect and trying to represent it in the game. But this is one of those occasions where it doesn't quite work because as much as that is a thematic integration, it's not a great mechanic when you throw it in because it throws in a luck element for a game that's all about efficiency. <coughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Took a little bit of a cough there. Um, it's a... It's a... It, it goes against the whole thing of I'm trying to be efficient and really plan out my turn and make these drinks. If you can basically lose your key ingredients that enable you to make the drink you wanted to make just by pure luck, no matter how much you try to mitigate it, you're doing worse than other players. And this is not a short game, but it's also not a game you can recover quickly from because you've only got about seven rounds in this game. Yeah, seven rounds. And that means that if you mess up in one round, that's one-seventh of your game that is screwed. That's quite a decent chunk. And and yet, this one is a thematic game. But as I'm playing it, the problems that exist are detracting away from the theme in some respects for me. Like, I'm not feeling like I'm making a lot of drinks here. I'm just basically going, right, I'll shuffle this deck, hope I don't screw up, and then I'll get a token. It's there, but it's not necessarily brought out as well. But maybe it's because the mechanics don't work as well. But it's not to say that this game is dry or anything. It's just that's it didn't... I think even though a game can have a good theme, the mechanics can still detract from that theme. It's to try and get the point across that just because a game has a really good theme doesn't mean I automatically love the game. I mean, uh, is there any other games that have a really strong theme that I don't like at all? Let's have a look on the... Let's browse all board games and have a look at the Board Game Geek Top 100 here. So, yeah, I've already made my piece about hating Brass and Gloomhaven and that, but I'm trying to find a very thematic game that I dislike. Let's have a look. Uh, nah, Dune Imperium's not that 
semi-fermatic, but I'm not really going to give it that. Twilight Struggle. Okay, that's uh, one that could count. Yes, I mean, Twilight Struggle is very thematic if you consider that it's representing the historical side of the Cold War very well. I don't have much interest in the Cold War. And so even though that this has a strong theme, I'm not that interested in the mechanics of it. And God, somebody's done some really weird paste-ups here. But, you know, I don't... I play this and I can go, well, if I was interested more in the theme, I would get more immersed. But then I don't like a lot of the mechanics that are in this game and how, like, you can get screwed over just because you don't know exactly what cards are in the opponent's deck. But, you know, just because this is strong thematically doesn't mean I'm going to gush over it. But there are some obscurities, to be sure. I mean, hegemony is probably a massive, uh, shall we say, obscurity for me because it's not a theme I generally go for and same with obsession. But I think it's like, how much fun can I have with the theme? There's not a lot of fun I can have with the theme of the Cold War if I'm not that interested in it. I can only ham it up to some extent, maybe like comparing it to James Bond or something. But even then, that'd be a tricky business. Whereas you can with those other games. I think also one advantage Hegemony has is the interaction factor. The theme could be strong, but you may not necessarily be getting into it. But if you're also not getting into like the other players and what they're doing, that kind of breaks the immersion factor as well. Because if it's not working for me personally, the fact that they're there is not helping. But in Hegemony, the fact that the other people there is helping. And so you know, interaction is another way to bring immersion and theme into a game. So in all all, I, it's, it's a hard one to kind of describe. And I'd certainly be interested to hear your comments. But... For me, theme is important in a game for me to enjoy it. It's not to say that it is the bare bones thing that I need to have. This is why I talk about theme when I do my reviews, because I'm interested in a really good theme that's represented well. Fort, another example of a, a deck builder. A deck builder that represents the theme very well. It's very tricky to do theme in a deck builder, but Fort does a fantastic job with the kids and the dogs and the cats expansion and how if you don't play with the kid they get a hissy fit and go to the other side because they can be recruited by the opposing players. That is brilliant. Anachrony's loan system where they go back in time and you basically say, right, I want to borrow this from myself in the future, but at some point at, in the future turn, I need to go back in time and deliver the thing that I borrowed back to me. It's a weird way of doing a loan system in a game, but man, thematically, that is brilliant. And that sort of thing really elevates a game when I can see that it's thought has gone into it and it's clever. Mechanics do require thought, yes, but given that a lot of games are essentially copying and pasting mechanics these days, there is an element where you can kind of go, right, well, I'm just going to use these mechanics. It's worker placement. Well, how does that work? Well, same as it works in every other game. You put a worker down and the action triggers. Only so much thought needs to go into that. But to try and then make the game work thematically, I mean, thought, go back to thought. We have all know how deck builders work. Okay, you could copy and paste deck builder mechanics till the cows come home. But the fact that they made it work thematically took effort it took thought and i gotta give props and kudos when game designers do that because it shows that they're not just simply pasting an ip onto a game they, you know they're trying to make it work i've mentioned things like the skyrim game recently and i'm like yeah okay it looks like skyrim but does it feel like skyrim you know the stories aren't that interesting there's all the you know the aesthetics of it yeah, you've made it look like it, but is it really bringing out the Skyrim theme for people? Hard to say. I wasn't a big fan, but I know some people are. And so, you know, you just got to sort of take it as it is, really. If you don't like theme, then fine. You know, in which case you're going to have a lot of games out there, probably more choice than I will, that I'll instantly like because you don't care whether it's got a theme or not. But for me... You know, you look at a lot of games that I've got. I've got Kanban EV, you know, the Lacerda games. They're pretty thematic as well. Uh, Story-based sort of theme, you know, Empires of the Void, Sleeping Gods. That works really well. Uh, Wingspan, you know, Birds. It's, yeah, it's a tableau card-building game, but the birds have those facts. It works with the types of birds, and birds are just an interesting subject matter. Uh, but then Robinson Crusoe, it's immersive. Racing games tend to be a good theme because, you know, racing games are tense and thematic affairs anyway. Uh, but then, of course, I do have some dry stuff there. I mean, there's not a, not a massive amount of theme in something like Space Spaces there. Uh, Mystic Veil is not 
desperate for its theme it's mostly a card system but then over there on the fancy flight shelf i've got forbidden stars i got star wars rebellion um you know star wars outer rim new angeles the uh, the, uh, the negotiation game i keep touting the praises of that's a very thematic uh you know sci-fi cyberpunk game civilization that all those games are decent themes fields of Arl, caverner the farming theme again you know it's euro but still it's an interesting subject matter that i like and a strong theme but then there are games that have no theme and they still work for me key flower pulsar 2849 um uh, well another one uh lords of war deep's not the most fanatic game in the world so i suppose that's the thing uh precognition there's no real major theme in that one it's pretty copy and paste uh even scythe to an extent doesn't have a ton of theme it's just kind of there but it works uh what else is there eminent domain what theme it's a deck builder oh predator you know a euro game i still enjoy it's gone down a bit for me since um, i got it but i still enjoy it that's got a very good theme for the fashion industry uh, but yeah there's just there's some games that are dry and i still enjoy them it depends on the mechanics but if i was looking at my top 100 certainly when you get into the top 50 odd games there's definitely a lot of either thematic games or games that just have surpassed you know the you know mechanical side of things so it's a tough one. It could be debated for years, but I'd be interested to know your thoughts. Do you care about the theme? Does it make any difference to you? Are you purely just mechanics? What What is theme to you? Is it interaction with players? Is it the subject matter? Is it how the mechanics make sense with the theme? Or is it a story being told? You know, what are your thoughts? I'd be interested to know. But I'm going to wrap it up there because the headache is getting slightly worse and I do have other things to do. So I'm going to like look after my health a little bit today and make that it. But like I say, I'm going to try and get some of the other content done before I go on the cruise. I think this cruise is going to be very useful to me to just unwind, go to the gym, swim in the pool, sit in the sauna, eat some food, have some drinks, go on some explorations. I mean, I'm looking forward to Bruges, um, going to a beer brewery in Bruges that's going to be really good in Hamburg it's going to be a nice cycle tour I've never seen Hamburg so that'd be cool and of course entertainment on the ship I think it's going to be cool I mean I've got to share a internal cabin with a mate of mine it's like hmm, I'm always a little bit wary about sharing accommodation with people that you know I know could potentially snore or uh, keep me awake you know sometimes it's nice to have your own space but it kept it cheaper because every holiday company basically wants solo people to feel like they can't go on holiday because of solo supplement i don't get it but that's it for me i'll see you on the next episode of the broken meeple if you like what you see please thumb up the video consider the patreon if you want to help support the channel but check out those other videos and make certain you give the, the paul grogan's a tutorial for hegemony a watch or at least a listen to in the background because it was a fun day of gaming and it's certainly going to give you a nice way to play the game but of course look out for my video when i do a full review of for it so uh take care and remember as always regardless of whether theme or mechanic is your bag it's still only a game so as long as you're enjoying it with people that you care about that's the main thing take care bye for now and i'll see you soon